0: So now that I look back and see who that person was, then that was a broken Lucy. I mean, there, there was no other way to put it, but the beauty from that is that you can rise and I feel like, you know, like they say you become an overcomer and you're not a victim any longer. It's true, but you have to make that decision to just keep on going with your dream. And when that happened to me, that super hard time writing was a way for me to focus on something other than the pain I was experiencing.
1: Hello, welcome to Monetizing Mompreneurs podcast, where I take you behind the scenes with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, moms, working professionals and amazing people pursuing their passions and going for their dreams. And I'm your host, Linda Mendible. Lucy is a writer, an inspirational coach, a blogger, a motivational speaker, and a podcaster. Lucy loves to inspire the midlife woman to pursue their dreams and goals. Lucy believes that in life, you get the opportunity to grow and learn. I think you will love this episode with Lucy, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hey, Lucy, welcome to the show. Hi, Linda. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So um, I know that you're an author, you're a writer, you're a mom, you're a wife. Yes. (laughs) And you're pursuing your dreams. But I would love, love, love if you take me through basically your journey and, and where you started your journey.
0: Well, my journey really started, I want to say my initial journey into writing started when I was a teenager, because that is when I started doing poetry just for myself. And as I got older, it wasn't until my mother-in-law got sick that I needed a way to express myself. And then I found this class in my hometown in Ohio, in Fremont, Ohio, and it was called Writing from the Heart. So the person that offered that class ended up being my writing mentor she actually got me going so during that tough time uh she was giving us different assignments the first one was trying to get into the local paper and i remember it's just a little teeny tiny section you know of the paper but i think it was called voice of the people (laughs) and uh she's like okay your first homework assignment is trying to get into that little column and to me that was like a big deal because i'm like wow if i can get printed kind of felt like that would validate what i was trying to do with taking her class so i remember that i submitted to the paper and sure enough they printed it you know and that was like the one thing i think that helped give me the confidence to pursue after i took her class so she ended up being someone that wrote a lot for chicken soup for the soul books and she was just like my idol all the way and she was an older lady she could give you every excuse in the book about not doing something. And she had all kinds of illnesses, but she was um, a hard worker. And that's something that I always admired. And I thought, gosh, if someone like that can go after her dreams, why can't I? So for me, it was like, hey, I can definitely do this, you know?
1: And But I know that you've been in your journey for like, for a while now, you know, what happened like along the way that kind of like, put things on hold, because I know a lot of people experience that.
0: Well, I think moving to North Carolina, I I had a writing gig. I'll call it a writing gig. That initial uh, homework assignment turned into writing for free for many years to get established with a community of writers. And when we moved to North Carolina in, let's see, 2007, I believe it was, I was still writing for them. You know, I had my own column, you know, that evolved and everything. It wasn't until we moved here that I thought I should let it go because I was getting homesick and I felt writing for the paper, as silly as it sounds, um, it kind of made me sad (laughs) because I had a hard time leaving Ohio. That's all I've ever known all my life. And um, I think here I put it on hold because at the time our youngest son was going into second grade and our oldest was going into eighth grade. And then we had to make friends start all over fresh. And that was not something I was used to doing, even though I'm a people person. I felt like I needed to focus on my family.
1: Yeah, I understand that. How old are they now? I mean, not how old, what grades are they now? So people can kind of get like a span of time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, our oldest Spencer is 22. He's a part time, you know, college student, still at home with us. And then Peyton is a junior 11th grade. And he's almost 17.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. So, so, that's, so it's kind of been a for a little bit then. Yeah. What, what had you like, I know you put things on pause because it, you felt like you needed to be a mom in that period of your time, you know, what was going through your mind as, you know, why did you think that, you know, you, you had to put it on hold?
0: I I guess part of the reason was I wasn't as confident during those years when I was here. Um, I felt like I was being selfish had I pursued it. And plus, I didn't really have a lot of knowledge of the modern writing industry, the way that we see it now with everything being online. And I wasn't open to that. So I think that prevented me from believing that I could you know, still pursue it.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry if you, can you hear my son? He's like jumping and screaming in the background.
0: <laughs> He's <laughs> awesome. Makes her remember my kids when
1: they are little. <laughs> <laughs> so I apologize if people can hear that, but um, I get what you what you felt because I know that when I when I spoken with you and I was like, man, I'm doing this thing, and but you know, how are they gonna? You know, am I missing out? And you would encourage me, no, Linda, you, you know, you gotta keep doing this, and you gotta keep doing what it is that you're meant to do. So you know, knowing that and knowing from your perspective, you know, I really appreciate that. And I, you know, I thank you for that, too.
0: You're welcome. (laughs) It's just something that I want to pass that on, because I know how I've been mentored. And even though I feel I mean, I know you mentor me and what I'm doing. But I kind of feel like I'm doing that for you. Because I know what that's like when your children are small. Mm -hmm. And how as women, we kind of feel like, we need to put our dreams on hold, when in reality, we can do both.
1: Wow, that's good. That's good. So when you say the modern ways of now how writing is done, what do you mean by that?
0: (laughs) Okay, now I'm really going to age myself. I'm going to take you back through time, through the old ages. Um, (laughs) For me, I was very old school, um, writer, writing in a notebook, I still do that but I didn't do anything online. Everything was, uh, the old way you would email an article, not that that still doesn't exist, but I—I w I didn't have an online presence. You know, I was kind of afraid to be online. I was like thinking, what if I got hacked? What if I, I would think the worst of, I would make it a bigger deal than what it was. I don't know why, but maybe it was part of my upbringing where I was based out of Ohio. I'm not really sure.
1: So, like, what type of fears um, did you face? Like, I know you're saying, well, you're afraid of this and you're afraid of that. What were those fears? Like, you know, if someone was pretty much in the same shoes that you were in back then, because right now everything is pretty visible, we're online, social media is crazy, and, you know, anybody can just get online and show their life. Like, what would you say to someone? And they had those fears,
0: I would say it's not worth um, being afraid because those fears, even though in the beginning it may seem like they're justified, that's all they are, are fear. I mean, it doesn't do anything for you. There's no benefit and it actually prevents you from pursuing what you're meant to be doing anyway. And now I feel I feel great about being online. I love social media. It makes me feel like the way I am in real life with people and now it's an extension of what I do as a writer. And I just I wanted to tap into that. And now that I know and I'm still learning, it's just like a whole new world. It's like Christmas every day whenever I'm working on my
1: dream. Oh, my gosh, So good. So what, <laughs> what, are, what are the new things that you, you're learning? Um, what would you say are the new things? Because you said it was before email. What are the new things that you're learning now about having that online presence?
0: I'm learning that it's an easier way to network. With people that live in different states, different countries, it's just faster. I still like doing things the traditional way. And there's some things that do call for that in the writing industry, but you have to really have like an author platform. And now I feel like I'm finally getting that that platform that I always read about, that I always heard about, but I just didn't know. Like, do I or don't I, or am I ready yet? That's the biggest one right there, thinking that you're not ready yet.
1: Oh, yeah, I face it all the time, even with this podcast. You know, that's one of the things I face like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I'm ready. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's about facing those fears, right? It's about, you know, pushing yourself and getting yourself out of your comfort zones. And I know that you've you've written some great articles on that. And I'll what type face. of writer would you say that you are?
0: I would say that I'm pretty inspirational. And um, I try to motivate people. I have you know my background is writing about anything because when i wrote for the newspaper i had like free reign of what i could write about and i loved it because it was all my opinion pieces it could be family you know it could be about education even political i even touched a little on immigration when i had students that were you know immigrants and you know i had a soft spot for that you know but i would say today i'm definitely inspirational i I want to inspire other people, you know, to to just go for it, not to be afraid.
1: Amen. So, so take me through through Lucy's life. Like, where did you grow up? You know, how did that look like? Then you went to school. Where did you go to school? Like, take me through your journey. Take me through your life and your timeline. And when did you discover that you loved writing?
0: Well, I would say where I grew up, it was Fremont, Ohio. We lived in that little town for a long time because my parents were migrant farm workers and that's where they settled. So to give you a little bit of history of like my parents' upbringing, my mom, you know, she dropped out in the ninth grade and my dad at the second grade level. He came from Mexico. She came from Texas. They were migrant farm workers and they eventually got factory jobs there. So all our life, we had the ideal life with my family and my two sisters you know, we got the house, first time house, the cars, we went to church every Sunday, we were Catholic. I mean, everything was perfect. And then when I was a senior, that's kind of like when my world started falling apart, I'll say. And uh, my parents divorced. So that was really tough on us. You know, like whenever anybody goes through something like that, I always tell people it doesn't matter how old you are, it really affects you. So during those times, I felt like my poetry, that's something that I always wanted to write, you know? And I usually, when I write poems, it's because I wanna express how I'm feeling. And a lot of the times, my poems were because I was sad. Now, um, I can't really tell you that my poems were like all cheery <laughs> and stuff. Back then, they were sad, you know? But I guess I really didn't know that I could be a writer until I took that class called Writing From the Heart. I think that was the time that it opened up for me. I went through some tough times you know, with my, my family after the divorce, through some really tough times where you have to really, you, know, you fall down, you get back up and you need to learn how to survive. And I went through that. So I think those experiences, those life experiences prepared me for jumping into the writing world. And then when my mother-in-law got sick, she was like a second mom to me So I really was trying to find a way to express that heartache and I knew it was a terminal illness. So I I can tell you, even though that was a bad situation, it was the right time for that class to be offered because that's really where I got my start, where it was, where that really became official. So now that, you know, I'm in North Carolina and I got to meet you, I'm so lucky. I tell that to everybody, but you know, it's sometimes you need, I would say you need that belief, you know, from someone else. It's like, it's in you, but you don't know it, or you just want to like turn the other cheek. You don't want to acknowledge it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know you've gone through way more than that, because we've talked and everything like that. But um, yeah, I'm glad that I met you too. I think that sometimes we each validate our paths, you know, we're we're pursuing our dreams, we're going for what we, we believe that we're meant to do or meant to create in the world. And I think we, we come across paths, we cross different paths, and we know, like, those paths are sometimes there to validate the direction that we're going in.
0: Yes. And like, recently, without disclosing too much, I will say, because I I try to keep it where you know, some memories, you just, you don't want to bring them up, but they make you who you are in the moment, right now in the present. So for me to be the writer that I am right now is because I went through a tough time in my marriage. And that's not something that I'm proud of or that I like to talk about, but it's enough to share with other people that it was a moment where I felt completely shattered and broken. I cannot really explain it any other way. And when that happened to me, I thought it was the end of the world. I mean, nobody should ever go through something like that. Nobody. But now that I look back on it, had I not gone through that s- such a difficult time, that it's still hard to talk about it right now, but I, n- I know it's going to help someone else out that has a dream. And I wanted to do that. It's just like I felt in order to be the real Lucy, in order to get into archery, in order to begin writing again, in order to get online, to get my submissions going as a writer, I had to go through that ugly part of my life. And not only was it ugly, but it really made me, it forced me to reconnect with God. Because when you go through such a difficult time in your life, you think it's over, you think it's the end of the world, like there's no way out of it. You're in the pit of despair, but it's that very same pain they can bring you out of something so terrible. And now that I look back on it, I'm not glad that it happened, but it, there is a blessing there in disguise. That's the best way I can put it. And I'm, I mean, I'm not happy for what happened to me. It was horrible. But now I understand it. I got clarity from it, if that makes any sense. And well, I think that makes me a stronger writer.
1: Yeah. And you know what? That, that makes you a stronger person, too, because... There's two different like outcomes. You can either stay stay stuck in that, right? Yes. <laughs> and a lot of people do. A lot of people don't come out of that. A lot of people just stay there being stuck and 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 just going down the spiral of depression.
0: Yeah.
1: And then there's other people, and I'm speaking because you know, I've I've had my my moments and I've had my rock bottoms and I've had my moments of just feeling like my world is over and I'm done, you know? Yeah. So from that, I understand like, you know, you can take it two ways because sometimes you have to be like, you know what? That's what it is. And sometimes you have to like accept it. Like, and that's the hardest part because we're fighting it. We're fighting that it's not real, that it's not true, that it's like this horrible thing that has happened is what we're fighting against, you know, of, It being real, that's how I feel.
0: I believe that's true because you know when I went through all of that, I did not want to be online. I was afraid to be online. I was like you said, depression hits you, you know, pretty Mm -hmm. hard. And and I guess now that you know when I look back on it, that was depression at its worst. I had read about depression, um, seen other people that had been depressed, and now that I look back and see who that person was then, that was a broken Lucy. I mean there there was no other way to put it, but the beauty from that is that you can rise. And I feel like, you know, like they say, you become an overcomer and you're not a victim any longer. It's true, but you have to make that decision to just keep on going with your dream. And when that happened to me, that super hard time, writing was a way for me to focus on something other than the pain I was experiencing. So because of that, writing was like my salvation (laughs) i'll say it like that i mean god was behind it all the way 100 percent but writing for me from that point on i focused on my dream i i got into a hobby i mean i love archery anybody that reads my stuff will see you know you know throw some stuff about archery in there and that that would not have happened had i not gone through that experience But the beauty, not to, I hope this isn't downing everybody (laughs) on this podcast. I I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) But if anybody's going through some tough times in their relationships, I want you guys to know that you can get out of this. You can be you again. You could be stronger. You can dream again that if I went through this, you can definitely go after your dream. I mean, there's no other way to put it, but you have to be strong. You have to decide. You have to say, hey, I'm worth it. And when you actually look in the mirror and say, you know what? You are worth it. That's when the, that's when the magic happens right there.
1: Amen. Yes. Preach. Preach Lucy. <laughs> so what what made you have the courage? Like, I know that was part of it. That was like the launching pad, like of like facing your fears. But what made you have the courage to like sit, just go for it, you know?
0: I would say after I got done talking to you, having our first latte together. <laughs> um, it really did it. I'm not going to lie. That was a defining moment on my journey as it is right now.
1: Oh, wow. that's Thank you, um, Lucy. <laughs> you,
0: I, honestly, and I'm not just saying that because you're my friend, but had I not met with you, I don't think I would be doing what I'm doing right now. I know i would. I would have have continued to like make excuses or say, oh, one of these days, because a lot of us, you know, with our dream, we like to say, oh, I'll do it one of these days. And then that never happens, unfortunately. So I think meeting you for that, that time, our meeting together, and then you opened up my eyes to the possibilities. When I say the old school writing of what I was doing, you introduced the world of how it is now. Mm. that I wasn't tapping into, or that I didn't even know that I was able to do.
1: Wow, that's deep. That's deep, yeah. girl. That is deep. That's all God. So anybody listening, know <laughs> that that, <laughs> that was all God right there. But um, like, was there any like particular phrase or any particular like, because, you know, I'm just a vessel, like, there had to be something that was like, whoa, that just...
0: When, when I met with you and you said, you talked about my website, maybe making it look magazine style, I never knew that, you know, creating a blog in my, you know, with my website would even look like something like that with that quality. And when you said that, I envisioned what I could be doing as a writer. And when, when I'll say, I'll compare to how I how I used to talk about my articles in the paper, I would say, you know, I wrote an article or I wrote an article or a story for a book. It's a story, right? But now what I'm, it's kind of silly, but now when I do these blog posts, it's so hard for me to say that it's a blog post. I'm still calling them articles.
1: (laughs) Well, that's what they are, right? (laughs) They are articles,
0: right? But to me, I mean, that's what I'm saying. When you, when you start off the way that I did, You know, you have to make that transition from what you knew to what it is now. And even though I still use like the notebooks and everything, it's um, just something that I'm starting, you know, I'm trying to get used to that. But I, I would say that meeting, just the whole meeting, sitting down with you, you taking the time to explain the possibilities of things that I could be doing with my writing, right then and there, I knew that I needed to do it that I I even questioned it a little bit. I was like, should I, you know, like that little fear was in there. Like, will it work? Am I good enough? You know, those little thoughts through your mind. Yes. But because I don't know, Linda, God put you in the right place because (laughs) you were the one that just, and I'll say convinced, but not like in a salesy way or nothing like that. You made me believe that I could do it.
1: Wow. That's deep. That is deep. Like, (laughs) <laughs> even, <laughs> see, <laughs> oh man! <laughs> even with like you know knowing, like how what what I said before, you know, like it just it validates our path. Like even with you coming into my life, you know, it really validated um, everything that I am doing, and you know where my talents and where my skills are best serving people because that's what I want. Exactly. Um, it's not just about me, I feel, you know, I feel like it's about all of us doing what it is we're called to do. You and know? I,
0: I couldn't agree more with you because anytime that I've written anything for anybody, it's always been with that in mind. That when I'm writing, I want it to touch somebody's heart. I want them to feel something from it, get inspired by it. And anytime that I've had somebody comment, you know, out of the blue and they just tell me that that, you know, it's not ever about money. Money's a bonus with writing for anybody out there. Just so you know, and I still have a day job for those of you that are wondering, I do work during the day eight to five, Monday through Friday. So it's doable. And, you know, that's always my goal. I want somebody to feel something from what I write. I want that to have that, you know, like that afterthought. After you read something, it makes you think or it makes you feel better.
1: I you know, and I love that. I love that about your style because there's so many different writers out here, and there's so many people writing um, you know, their version or their perception, um, from infopreneurs to basically the creative writer. And I find it so amazing that there's so many people and so many different creative outlets. Like writing is yours. And that's one, another question I wanted to ask you was, like, take us through your day, Lucy, because you are a freelancer, but you also have a part-time hustle, which is not the writing. The part-time hustle is your work right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks.
0: It's a great way to look at it. <laughs> well, okay. So I do work, you know, the eight to five job, the day job. And they always said back, way back when, never quit your day job, you know, to go after your dream. Because back then, a lot of people, you know, they had that stereotype about anybody that was creative, an artist, a writer, you name it. People thought you couldn't make any money, you know, doing something like that, which is not true, by the way. Amen. (laughs) Yeah, during my my work day, I'm eight to five. Uh, Luckily, I work with the public. I answer the phone, see people in person. But I have time where I could sit down and write in my notebook or my tablet, whatever, but I do my day work during lunch. I go to a coffee shop, which is actually at a hotel. The Durham hotel is my, like my new go-to spot. And it's just a place where I can go and just do my blog post or my, you know, my Instagram for the day. And I'm taking pictures, you know, everywhere on my phone most of the time, unless I have my camera and I'm traveling somewhere. But at night when I get home, I don't have a set schedule. I know a lot of people that are creative, they have their schedule and I'm trying very hard (laughs) to get into that schedule. I'm not there yet. You know, it's a work in progress. But I can tell you, I am a night owl. So I do what I need to do. I do my fitness, squeeze that in at the gym, have my time at the gym, see my family, do all of those things. But then I stay up late. There's days where it could be two o'clock in the morning and I finished something I was working on, but I'm still in that mindset where I feel like there's a deadline and I work really great under pressure. And it's almost like, if you ask other people, who would want to do that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, as a mom, like, you know, my full-time job is like being with the kids and you know, that's my nine, my nine to, uh, (laughs) nine (laughs) (laughs) but um you know I've always thought like OMG you know I am up until like two o'clock in the morning Uh, is this normal you know am I supposed to be at this you know you know to pursue this this dream of mine and sometimes you can even you know, kind of doubt or like it shouldn't be this way or, you know, however, because everyone basically says almost in a way that you should be working, you know, like three, out, three, three days a week. <laughs> you know, if you're pursuing your dream, it should only be three days and you should be rocking up, you know, the Benjamins with the three days. And, you know, it's
0: really not that at all. I mean the times that I've gotten paid for different projects, like I say, you know, it's a bonus to get that, but I think too, we're living in a world where we want immediate satisfaction, right? So we think it's all about the money. And if you're starting off as a writer or as an artist, anybody that's creative, you have to understand that it takes time. It's not a race. Even though I can honestly say when I first started with my website, which was September of 2016, I wanted everything right that first week because I was so excited about it. the long- law. <laughs> I, like, oh, I need to learn this. I need to do this. And Oh, I can't wait. Cause it's exciting. I mean, it's fun, but yeah. you know, it's a journey is everybody's different. There's no exact time. That's like, whatever my time was, it could be different for somebody
1: else. I mean, I think like, sometimes I feel like people are afraid of putting in the work you know like if they're going for their dreams that it should be easy peasy and you know there shouldn't there's no struggle and there's no you know what I'm saying like that's the key to success and you know if it's all smooth I I don't you know I'm still in my transition to you know I'm still figuring things out and you know thank god that You know, I'm working with more people and building a team and stuff like that. But, you know, regardless, I still have very late nights. Um, You know, I know there's some people that just have the nine to five right now. That's not the season I'm in um, within my business or in my creative endeavors. But I feel like when you're doing something that you love, it doesn't feel like work.
0: That is, you said it, it's magical right there, what you just said. That is exactly the way it should feel when you know you're in your element that's exactly it right there because it it's um something that you look forward to doing and you can't wait it's like there's times where I've written so late at night that I don't want it to be over I'm like I know I have to make myself go to bed yes (laughs) (laughs) I need another cup of coffee I need this next thing you know this next project or whatever but that's the beauty and like when I tell you You know, you could still be a mom, you could still be a wife, your kids are little, you could still be going after the dream. I encourage it. Anybody out there that's listening, if you're younger, I don't want to tell you how old I am. (laughs) I'm 46. I'm okay with that. But if you have younger children, and you're worried about like, you're taking away from your family, it's not that you just have to find a way that works for you as a mother, as a wife, or even if you're not married but you're in a relationship, it's all about balance and finding your balance.
1: Wow. That's deep. And it's Lucy.
0: (laughs) So easy for me to tell you how to find yours, right? (laughs) Okay. So like I said, it is a work in progress, no matter how old your kids are. But luckily for me, my kids are older, you know, they're, you know, almost 17 and 22. So they're in their own world, totally supportive of what I do. You know, my husband too, he's always been supportive. But what it is, is that you do have to have some structure. You know, a planner is great, you know, hard copy right there that you could have a uh, desk calendar. I don't have that yet, but I do have a planner. <laughs> so um, mainly it's just showing up because what I have found, if you look at, if you had to interview successful people and ask them what it was that they did every day or the most often, they're all going to tell you that they never stopped, that they kept on going, that they actually put wow. work into it. Yeah, all of them. They didn't quit. That's the main thing. They never stopped. So I find with myself, I can't ever stop because I know why I have not gotten to that stage, that next level, is because I did stop all those years and I see where that has gone. And I guess for me at this point in my life, in order for me to find balance, I need to um, see how to, you know, take a hold of my time mainly with work, with doing my things at home. I can tell you a lifesaver has been somebody cleaning. Once <laughs> <a month. laughs> it was a lifesaver. <sighs> and at first I felt guilty, but I do want to throw that in there. That works. Um, and you feel better. It, you know, anything that you can do, whether it's that, or, um, I encourage people to have a hobby. If you don't have a hobby, go find out what your hobby is. It could be anything for me. It's archery. Anytime I am able to just get away from everything. And it's just me and my bow and my target. That is just something that I really enjoy. Um, maybe it's fitness for other people. I I do fitness too. And when I'm at the gym, you kind of need all those things together to make you a better you. And when you're a better you and you feel good about it, then you're better for everyone else. And that's where the balance kind of comes into play. Then, you, you know, you have a way where you can balance everything on your
1: plate. Yeah, I like that. You know, it's, it's about taking care of yourself first. Yes. Before you can take care of other people. Mm-hmm. It's like in the airplane, first put on your mask, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly, it. and then put on someone else's. <laughs> yes,
0: because, you know, we lead as women, I'm going to speak for women, because we live busy lives every day. And you should never feel selfish for doing something that's going to make you feel better about who you are, because you deserve it. And you just have to embrace it. You have to love yourself enough To go do what you need to do to be able to do your dream.
1: You know what I also think it is? I think it's also about standing up for yourself. Because I think as women, sometimes that's like the last thing that we do is kind of stand up for ourselves and what we want to do or you know giving us ourselves that permission to to step out or be ambitious or you know or or be successful or ask for that pay raise or you know like that's one of the things that i'm finding is having the courage to be like no enough is enough this is this is this is it this is what i can handle and you know i'm going to go to the next level and this this is what it is That makes sense.
0: It makes a lot of sense because, you know, like I said, fear holds you back from a lot of possibilities and opportunities and fear is doing that, but it's really you doing that to yourself. You're preventing all those awesome things coming your way that that are meant for you because you're afraid. And, you know, that's where, like, you know, when you say ambitious and everything, you want to be ambitious, you know, with that, because. You wanna, you wanna take your dream to the next level because if you're not trying to get out of your, like I said, you know, when you get out of your comfort zone, if you're not even making any attempts to do that, um, you're always gonna stay the same. If you don't put any action into your dream, nothing changes. And if you go back to the successful people that have found their success, they got out of their comfort zone. They had to face the fear. They had to fall, get back up, but they never quit.
1: Where can people find you, Lucy? <laughs> you
0: can find me online. <laughs> <laughs> online on social media, no. <laughs> mm. No, but, you know, it's something that I've really enjoyed um, now. You know, there was a time, I'll tell you this, when, you know, I, I do not have a college degree. I did have some college. I, at first, I wanted to be a dental hygienist because I was a dental assistant for so long and I thought that's all I could do, which I probably could have, but... This was my, like, a little moment of, like, my epiphany. When I was at college, I was um, commuting with a girl that was going for nursing. And when I figured out that I did not want to be a dental hygienist, this is what I told her. I said, when I die, I don't want to be known for cleaning someone's teeth. There's honor in that. It's a great job. But I don't want to be known for that. In my mind, when I died, I wanted to be known for the stuff that I had written.
1: That's deep, Lucy. That was way back <laughs> before That,
0: well, deep. that was like. when Spencer was really little; he was a wow. toddler. <laughs> wow,
1: but you know what? That just goes to show that what was in your heart is now coming out and being a reality. You know, it just shows like that deep down desire in your heart that maybe you kind of like, you know, put it in the back burner.
0: I did. I can tell you, I definitely put it on the back burner. Um, Another thing I could tell you is I've been trying for years to get into chicken soup for the soul books. (laughs) But listen, that came from my mentor because she was always getting published with them. I'm like, oh, gosh, it's so awesome. I really want to get in there. It has been years and years and years that I've been trying. And anytime I've talked to her these last few years, she always tells me never give up just shake it off. It's not you. It's a competitive market. It does not mean that you're not a great, you know, a good or great writer because she believes in me. She put a lot of faith in me and I'm glad. And it was through her, I was able to get like my mom's personal story into a book. Wow. It was um, called Voices of Alcoholism and it was my mom's story. And through Barbara, my mentor, I was able to, you know, tap into that because, I submitted, she encouraged me, the publisher, you know, they liked it, I got accepted. That was like my first real moment as a writer when that story got accepted, because it was a tough story to do.
1: Of course, yeah.
0: And I'm telling you, there's just so many things, you know, we talk about all these things that we're afraid of, but I think it's, you know, you hear it all the time, but you should be more afraid of not trying.
1: Amen, yeah. You know, always
0: wonder. You know, what if, what
1: could have happened? Yeah, you know what? That's what I don't want to, I don't want to wonder that. You know, that's, that's something that I don't want to ask. Like, what if I did try the podcast? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what if I did, you know, reach out this person? And I'm learning that it's not in my strength that is in his, it's in mm-hmm. God's. And I'm learning that not everyone is going to like me. Not everyone is going to resonate with me and that's okay. You know, I think like for the longest time in the beginning, um, especially in the beginning, that was one of my fears. I didn't think it was, you know, because sometimes our fears are hidden deep, you know, and we have all these excuses hiding what the real result of what our fear is. And one of my fears was that rejection or not even rejection, but criticism from others, You
0: know, I'm glad glad you said criticism, because that's one thing when I wrote for the paper, you know, when I had my own column, one of the things that they asked was that you share your your email so people could write to you and express how they felt about your articles. (laughs) So let me tell you, I had to learn very fast. And whenever I did do a article on immigration, you know, because I worked with students that were going through those things. I always did it in good taste. My articles were always there. My heart was always there, but there was always a naysayer, but I respected it. And it taught me early on back then, how to accept criticism because everybody's entitled to their opinion. We don't have to agree on everything. And there was some ugliness. Some people were pretty mean. And if you did not have the will to pursue your dream, if you knew you weren't cut out to be a writer and you let that bother you, then then you're not meant to do that. But if you're strong enough like I was, even though it was scary, I'm not going to lie. I was you know, terrified to get those at first. I learned very quickly that it wasn't about me. It was just their opinion. And I always thanked them, you know, with whatever they said, I would reply very professional email because I wanted people to understand that, you know what? You may not have liked what I what I wrote but you're entitled to your own, to your own opinion, the same way I was. So it's all pretty much about mutual respect and rejection is another thing as a writer. When you get rejected, I've gotten rejected. I've kept those rejections because those rejections just represent that I'm trying and that I'm not there yet. That's another key thing for a lot of people. If you're not finding success right now in this very moment, um, I I heard that they say it's because you haven't been doing it long enough and I'm following that all the way because that's the way I'm looking at my writing life right now if I'm not at that next level yet it doesn't mean anything bad it just means I'm not there yet
1: that's great oh my gosh I like that I love that (laughs) (laughs) that's that's really good because you know oh my gosh Especially if you're at it for years and you're like, and you don't see nothing budging and you don't see anything moving and you're like, what in the world? Nobody's even criticizing. You're, like, you're not even getting any comments, you know? <laughs> I've had that. Year, I had those years. I've had years where I was doing what I thought was amazing, incredible work and nobody said nothing, <laughs> I would share it and I wouldn't even get like that looks amazing or you know or that looks nice not even a hey you know like a like like can you at least like like it just click like <laughs> I've had those years you know and you know it almost deter you know deterred me because you know you're like oh my gosh am I doing good work Is This, this I looks awesome to me but like maybe my mind is like maybe it's not
0: (laughs) and that's the thing that's where we get scared because then you know that little bit of self-doubt crawls in there but here from my experience this is what I'm finding and I'm pretty sure this is happening to you too because there are people watching there are people reading they're paying attention and when you least expect it you're going to get recognized in some way shape or form I can't tell you how many times people have commented to me out of the blue that never once had liked anything of mine, commented anything. It just came out of the blue one day. The people that are silent, they're watching and listening to everything that you're doing. And you kind of look at it like you're almost like, a, you know, if somebody's on the fence about um, pursuing their dream, they're watching you. They're learning from you.
1: Yeah, that's um, definitely that was something that um, that um, you know took me you know like off guard because I, I spent a lot of time alone, but I felt like God took me through through those moments for a reason. Like, are you going to validate your worth by the likes and what other people say, or about or about what I say about you, and? And that's where I'm at, you know, like now I I am getting comments and, you know, people are inquiring and, you know, it's Mm -hmm. great. And I and I I appreciate it. and I'm so honored. And one of one of the things that I've always thought from the beginning, because I remember sitting down first working and I wanted more, more, more. And God said, you can't even handle what you have now. How can I give you more? And Mm so one of my work ethics is to work excellently with what I have now to steward over what he's already given me now and then see where that goes. Because sometimes we're looking out in the future and thinking about like, Oh, what's going to happen this month or this day or a year from now when God is saying, Hey, it's in the right now. What are you doing now? What are you taking care of now? What, what have I given you? What tasks have I given you? And are you taking care of that now? But, um, yeah,
0: I agree with that because that he really is giving you what you need right here in this moment. And like I said, you know, we're thinking about immediate satisfaction, and we want it, you know, right now. But with anything that you're doing, if you're given your heart and soul, and you're not worried about that, that stuff first, I mean, it's nice to think about who liked this or who commented, you know, it does make you feel good. But if you're just like throwing your work out there. Doing the best, giving it excellence, putting your heart and emotion into it—it's all going to fall into place, under His timing, of course.
1: Yeah, you know? yes. And
0: that's the beauty of it, because a lot of the times these things that happen to us with um, our next level of success have been because we started looking at it that way. It hasn't been like like a selfish thing, like oh, I need to have all of these likes or all of these comments. It's never been that. So when you're doing it for the right reasons, the rest just falls into place, I and mean, that's that is so awesome when it happens. It's oh so yeah, wonderful.
1: it it's beyond worth it, you know. And you know, one of the things that I've been like recently, like I've kind of been focused on, is more on looking at every opportunity and every engagement as. An open or closed door from God, not from the person. It, this is rejection is not from the person, you know, or this opportunity is not really from the person. You know, it's all from God. Like if I do get a rejection, it's a maybe a not yet. I'm not ready yet or something like that. You know, maybe God is protecting me off of something Or protecting them off of something, you know? So it's like really trusting God in where he's placing every, you know, everyone around me, every opportunity, every closed door, it's just completely just giving it all to him instead of thinking like it's going to be in my strength. It's like, because I used to, oh my gosh, Lucy, I used to be like, oh my gosh, there's a client inquiring if I say the wrong, you know, words, they're going to totally not want to hire me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like, here's- should I put an emoji? Oh no, maybe that's too much. That's too yeah, much. I feel
0: that too. <laughs> we overthink it all the way, but yeah. it's true. You, you
1: know, you know. Now I put that emoji. I don't care.
0: <laughs> but here's the thing, too. When you're going through like the closed doors, how about when the doors are open that need to close? That's something I've learned because right. you want to be loyal to to so many people and when you're doing something if if something's been presented to you and it does not feel good in your gut and you know it you have to go with your gut oh, yes. you and close the door yourself sometimes that's hard to do because like for me I feel like I'm a people pleaser you know you want everybody to be happy and I'm you know positive all the time as much as possible <laughs> but you don't like for me I don't want to disappoint anyone but I tell you what, when your gut tells you to shut the door on something, do it. Because I know I've had to do that in my experience through my writing. And that was the best decision, you know, I could have ever made when I closed a certain door and it doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a smarter person because then, you know, your worth, you know, what you're made of. And you know that that's not the only opportunity there for you, that there's so many more opportunities that are right for you.
1: You know what, Lucy, you're so right, because I had to basically do the same thing because my gut was saying no, it was like red flashing lights, (laughs) Um, you know, and it wasn't nothing against the person. It was just more of going with what what I feel like a gut is like that still small voice is like what God is nudging you and telling you to do you know, yeah, and listening definitely. and being in tune with that, you know, because God works through us. And so, you know, when I remember getting that and I had to say, you no, know, even though it looked all shiny and nice, you know, sparkly and everything, yeah. sometimes, you know, that's the hardest thing is, is to say that no when it looks amazing. But your gut it's is all- saying, no, this is not, this is not the direction that you're meant to go in.
0: Exactly. And that's where you can really, Really find out who you really are, because then if you have the courage to turn something down or to let something go, wow! and you know you're on the right track, because it, it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to face. And when you can just do it and then feel like empowered by it and know in your heart that you made the right decision, that's like the best feeling in the world.
1: That is. And you know, that's one of the reasons why like, I encourage whenever I sit down with someone or whenever i speak with someone i always encourage them hey go with your gut what is your gut telling you you know what what is that you know what is your heart telling you to do because that's what you should listen to i can tell you all the things that you can do and i can tell you all the things that are out here and all the opportunities and the way you can do it but at the end of the day you know how are you going to feel about what are you you doing you know and I remember listening to basically this actress and she said, and she's a top actress, she had an mm-hmm. uh, accent and everything. And I know some people get deterred with their accents when they have one, like they think they can't do much I mean, when you can do so much. Oh, wow. But, um, you know, and she says people are going to say, people are going to criticize you. They're going to say that you can't do this and you can't do that. But at the end of the day, what's important is how you think about you or how you feel about you
0: exactly you know and
1: that is so true because all day someone can tell you how bad you are how not creative or how not talented but at the end of the day how do you feel about you do you feel as though that you did your best in your skills in your talent in your genius zone
0: exactly and one other thing it makes me um, think about this other part a lot of times when you're going after your dream, it's so easy to share it with the people that get you, the people that are on that same journey, you know, other people that are, you know, going for their dreams, they understand what you're going for. And sometimes the worst criticism is going to be from the people that you love the most. <clears throat> and not everybody will be on board, but that... that's what you definitely have to still say. It's Okay. <clears throat> They're in a different place,
1: <laughs> you know. Is that your landline? <laughs> it's my landline. You what
0: I, mean? I was hoping I'm like, please don't let it ring.
1: <laughs> yes, who has a, who has landlines nowadays? <laughs> that's embarrassing. No, I <laughs> think it's so timeline. cool. I think you know what? Once I move out of the office, I'm gonna have a landline. I'm like, that's the office phone. Nobody uses it. It's just there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We just let the answer machine pick it up most of the time. <laughs> Don't answer <you> why.
1: <laughs> well, Lucy, I guess that's our time. Where can people find you? What social media outlets? Yes. <clears throat> Let's see. I am at lulalucy.com And I'm on
0: Facebook. I believe it's under Lula Lucy. Mega, I don't have it memorized. But usually all my names are Lula Lucy Mag, I believe.
1: We'll have that so, in the show notes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's in there. Like now you have ask me a hard question. But Instagram <laughs> is where I like to be a lot. Um, Twitter is on there too. But once you go to my web page, if you go all the way to the bottom, you'll see the Instagram pictures and it'll take you right to it or you click on any of the little icons and it'll take you to where I am.
1: Amen. Thank you so much for being on the show, Lucy. Thank you, Linda. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a chance, stop by the website at lindabendable.com. Sign up for the blog cure, which is an awesome, awesome course that I created that will help you set up your blog or take your blog to the next level. And join us over at Monetizing Mompreneurs Facebook group. I just want to say again, thank you for listening.
0: Thank you for listening. Thank you for saying oh, easy